World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I got a lot on my mind today in a short time to get there. We're supposed to be joined at the bottom of the hour by Clay Clark. Myra, get ready. I want you to you go ahead and pray us in right, right at the beginning here, Myra. And I got I got something I got to, like, oh, I got to get it off my chest or I'm going to burst. Uh, our condolences to uh, to uh, Ted Brewer, the loss of his wife. I don't know if you guys uh, out there were aware of that, but Ted's wife, uh, Sharon, passed away about four days ago. And just keep uh, Ted and his family in, in your prayers, if you will. I've got uh, something else. I, I got some good stuff I want to share with you today, but I feel like I only got... 30 minutes till Clay gets here. So, Myra, go ahead and pray us in here, sweetheart, if you could. Coach, I will be delighted to do so. By the, by the way, let, let me make this. Uh, folks, if you have trouble getting in here sometimes, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, uh, rebooting your computer. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you get stuck on on settings and all that kind of stuff. So, if you no matter where you're watching it, if you're having trouble getting on, a lot of times you can just reboot it, and it'll open up to you. Because I know our numbers are pretty low, not pretty low, but uh, 100 people, and uh, we're usually higher than that. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Um, it is written, Jude 1 through 4. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sac- sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave you all diligence to write unto you, of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. Mm-hmm. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of all ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lavishness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Huddle. We open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, listen, real briefly, real briefly, I want to talk about uh, another, another death today, if I could. And there's a story that goes along with it. By the way, I've written a, a commentary, Invasion or Surrender. Maybe we'll get to it. And again, Clay Clark's going to hopefully join us here at the bottom of the hour. So um, I'm going to tell you a story here. Uh, Spence, throw up, uh, throw up that picture of John Roberts. Throw that up there. I was just talking to my wife before I came down. Uh, John Roberts, 
not the not the attorney, not the, the Supreme Court justice. You did get that, didn't you, Spence? Yes, sir. One second. You? Yep. Okay. Um, back when I went to London High School, back in, in uh, nineteen, golly, when was that? Nineteen eighty-nine. When I went to uh, to London, I, I was a special education teacher and been a special education teacher most of, most of my life. Bear with me; this will be worth it. Most of my uh, teaching career. I taught phys ed for six years, and then the rest of my career was special education. Spe- they, you know, slow learners, they called them when we were in school, right? And then, then they give them all kinds of names and everything. And they're just, they were kids that had, had learning problems. A lot of reasons why. But when I went to London in night, uh, to be the football coach at London High School in 1989, uh, I went into a, a teaching situation I could not in my whole life ever imagine. It was just, that's where I got to really know my good buddy, Coach Norm. He and I team taught. He taught, he taught right, literally. Uh, uh, I had my room, and Norm's room was the next room. And they, uh, a guy called it the moron pen. They used to make fun of those guys in, in the moron pen. And uh, I walked into this classroom. And it wasn't a special education class. I told people for years and years and years that it was uh, pre-guns and knives. That was, that was the class that I taught, in all honesty. These were the incorrigibles that nobody could handle. Now, they were in school. You had to do something with them. So they, li- they labeled them with some type of learning disability. They've changed all those terms over the last 30 years. I don't even know what it was. But I walked into this classroom. I don't, I, I don't even know how to say I walked into a classroom of future criminals. That's what it was. Some of you can relate, right? In that first year, I walked in as a... Uh, unashamed, born-again Christian man. And I would go in there every day, and the demons that would, I didn't even, I didn't even have a spiritual understanding of it at that time. I look back on it now, and I get what was going on. These kids were so ravaged with demons. Oh, my goodness. Man, oh, man. And every day I'd come in, yeah, folks, listen, there was no education. <laughs> you couldn't educate these jobs. My, I was a lion tamer. Me and Coach Norm, our job was to try to keep these kids from killing anybody and everybody in the school. I'm not, I'm not making it up. And uh, there were times when I was teaching that, that class, I, I, I said to myself and to my wife, is, is this worth it? <laughs> is it really worth it to coach football, to go through this every stinking day as a lion tamer? And I openly shared the gospel with those kids in that class because that was the only thing that could ever save them, ever. And I remember John one time, Coach Norm could tell you about John. John had earrings and nose rings and everything before anybody else ever had them. And they hated preppies and hated anything that was normal. They just hated because they were the misfits and the outcasts. And I'll never forget one time I got in an argument with John. I mean, folks, I'm talking, these, these kids, have, well, you just got to trust me. Leather, John wore leather. And uh, one time he stood up in the class. He said, Mr. Doppenmeyer, I'm sick of this. I came here 
because I thought you were a teacher, not a preacher. And so I made John get out his dictionary. I said, John, look this up for me. Teacher, and he looked it up and said what teacher said. And then I said, look up preacher. And preacher said the same thing. It said, one who teaches fervently. I said, John, I am a preacher. I am a preacher. You don't even know it. And I got in a discussion with John one day. Those guys were arguing back and forth with me. I mean, they ganged up on me. They came in and they ganged up on me for 40 minutes. I just cracking the whip trying to keep them sitting in their chairs. I'm not making it up. It got better over the years. But I, I cornered John one time in front of everybody because there's nothing like peer pressure. And I said, uh, hey, John, can you tell me one good thing you've ever done in your life? You come in here all the time and you brag about what you ought to be ashamed of and you're ashamed of what you ought to be proud of. Can you tell me one thing you ever did that you're proud of? Room went silent. And John said, yes. I poured a six-pack of beer over Johnny Goodrich's grave. I said, what? So I poured a six-pack of beer over Johnny Goodrich's grave. I said, Johnny Goodrich? What happened to Johnny Goodrich? And John looked at me and went, pow. Well, after about uh, two months of wrestling with these guys, I challenged John Roberts to go to church with me. I made a deal with him. John, if you'll go to church with me, I'll do that. I don't remember what the deal was. John bit. He took him to church with me on Sunday morning and took him to church with me on Sunday night. Sometimes even took him with me on Wednesday night. And uh, John had a powerful spiritual transformation. in that classroom. And then John had, uh, he had some type of disease, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't Parkinson's, I can't, I can't remember what it was. But it ended up in his uh, early 30s, John had to go into uh, a nursing home. He could still talk, he could still communicate, it's funny, I, uh, John's favorite line is, every time I drop him off from church, and he, said, he would say to Mott, Michelle, or the kids, in the hey, I wish you all the love and happiness. When I found out that when John had passed, I said to my, Michelle said to my daughter, Abby, hey, do you remember John Roberts? She said, oh, yeah. I wish you all the love and happiness. That's how many years ago. Anyway, John was put into a nursing home. Couldn't take care of himself. 
and I would communicate with him. I went over and saw him a couple times, and then he told me the most unbelievable thing. John led his brother, who was equally <laughs> his younger brother. He led his younger brother to the Christ. Amen. And his younger brother, Chuck, is the one who contacted me to let me know that John passed away. And I said, John had MS. Thank you, Michelle. He had MS. So <laughs> I, I got a hold of Chuck. I said, Chuck, can I help with anything I can do? Can I help with John? John's funeral? Anything I can do? I'm going to try to find it here with my Facebook. Bear with me a second, please. I thought I had it up there. Anything I can do to help? This is Chuck, who was a, God, was he a scoundrel? Serving the Lord, coaching Little League Baseball. I mean, it's, it, the, the gospel is remarkable, right? It's, folks, it is remarkable. The gospel of Jesus Christ is remarkable. And so I'm trying to find, where is it? Is it here? There it is. I said, bear with me. Talking about the power of the gospel. I said, hey, Chuck, is there anything I can, Facebook. Chuck, is there anything I can do to help? Have you made funeral arrangements? Does he even have a grave site? Funeral expenses? How can I help, Chuck? In memory of John. Now saved Chuck, his brother responded. I appreciate you very much, Coach. He lived in a nursing home. We decided to have him cremated. He was eligible at no cost to anyone. However, you couldn't have a viewing or anything. John only had my two younger sisters and me. And Lisa, our sister, lives in Arkansas. We just can't afford anything. So we must may just have a gathering to celebrate his life at one of our houses or park somewhere, probably Saturday. Thank you very much, Coach. As I've been uh, ruminating over um, his death all around us, folks, death all around us. And to think uh, that the gospel of Jesus Christ rescued John Roberts from the pit of hell as sure as I'm talking to you right now. Amen. And the faithfulness of the Lord in that one seed that I planted into the life of this one seemingly insignificant, anonymous life. Amen. Amen. That spread beyond what we could ever have imagined. And I'm more convinced today than 
anything, any time ever, that the only hope for our nation is Christ. Amen. Only Christ can radically transform a person from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. <clears throat> so I just want to take some personal moments here and just acknowledge John Roberts, the life of John Wilder Roberts. Pauper's grave. Nobody to come and visit him. Love you, John. So thanks. Thanks for, for thanks for letting me do that. The power. The power. You guys don't have any idea. You have no idea how deeply this guy was possessed by the enemy. You have no idea. I think, the I, time, I, think I do. <laughs> I think I it, it just manifested itself in different ways, didn't it? His his demonic possession. Some make it to president of the United States, demonically possessed. Some never get out of London, Ohio. But the same God that delivered John Roberts can deliver our elected officials. But we're going to have, we're going to have, folks. <laughs> we're going to have to be the salt and the light if that's ever going to happen. Oh, I got so much more I want to talk about. Go. Uh, I got I got 12 minutes before Clay Clark gets in. Go ahead, Myra. Thank you, coach. Um I just want to praise the Lord. Um I don't know if you guys noticed yesterday the beautiful display of love and a good marriage. Miss Michelle Doublemeyer came in into the huddle and spoke to Coach. And Coach asked her, you like masculine men? And Coach says, I like feminine women. I was in tears. It was so beautiful and it touched my heart. And I just want to go back in time and bring that because that is an example of a beautiful home, uh, a beautiful marriage. Hallelujah. And also... Um, the beautiful story he just told us about John. And um, I received the text uh, from Fred Hans. He says to pray for Amy, for sister Amy McAuliffe, because she has been diagnosed with cancer. And I would like to read um, Psalm um, 13, 3, um, 3 to 6. Look, for, look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Keep light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your failing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord praise, for he has been good to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, Myra. Spencer, if you could real quick pull up a, uh, news with you. I want to. I want to share this with you this morning. I only got. I got to read through this quickly. Joe, I'd have you do it, but I'm going to get through it quickly. I think it's. There's some pretty profound statements in here. I want to share with you all. Okay. Again, I'm expecting Clay Clark to come up here in about ten minutes. Invasion or surrender. 
Did you know that we've all been birthed onto a battlefield? Every human being born unto a woman has arrived on this planet in the midst of war. It began a little over 6,000 years ago when God Almighty declared, And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shall thy go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Webster's defines the enmity as the quality of being an enemy. The opposite of friendship, ill will, hatred, unfriendly, disposition, malevolence. You see, the world's divided into two two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of his dear son. One is dark, one is light. The two kingdoms have been at war against each other ever since. It's into this spiritual war that we've all been birthed. There's no demilitarized zone in this war. It's all-encompassing. It's a battle for rightful ownership of the world. The natural world, the one into which each and every human has been birthed. That is the first truth that one must grasp before a deeper understanding of this war can be fully understood. Good versus evil, right versus wrong. Truth versus falsehood. Team Jesus or Team Lucifer. There's no middle ground. This is the clash of the kingdoms. It's bigger than you know. It involves every area of human life. It requires choices and decisions. Every minute of every day, we are forced to make decisions. Some are easy, some are not. But it is the power to choose. It is in the power to choose that the war is won and lost. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As Bob Dylan famously sung, you got to serve somebody. Your choices, listen, your choices reveal whom you serve. Jesus, God gave us the free choice. It reveals who you serve. The Bible teaches that the carnal man is wicked. Apart from Christ, man is incapable of doing the right thing. God gave man free choice, the right to reveal each day just who it is that man will serve. That's all choice is, folks. That's all choice is, revealing who you serve. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. It simply means that you will know who one serves by seeing what they do. Choice and action reveal lordship. I'll say that again. Choice and action reveal lordship. That's why it's a war. The Apostle Paul called it warring in his members, the battle between the carnal man and the spiritual man, not doing the things I want to do and doing the things I don't want to do. The Bible teaches that choice is the gateway to sin. We'll read that again. Choice is the gateway to sin. Wow. Satan's the father of sin. When you sin, you serve the devil. When you do what is right, you serve Jesus. But the Bible tells us that no man can serve two masters. You can't serve both Lucifer and Jesus. The double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You see, America is unstable because there are two masters striving for control of this natural world. One team believes you can kill unborn children, while the other team believes abortion is wrong. The problem occurs when Christians have difficulty determining which choice their team should make. You can't be on Team Jesus and support killing children. We'll say that again. You can't be on Team Jesus and support killing children. Jesus is pro-life. Satan is pro-death. Christians who are pro-choice are on Team Lucifer. They're double-minded. It's really that simple. I said before you today, life and death. 
Choose life that both you and your children might live. You see, God's pro-choice, but the choice you make reveals which king you serve. Folks, the choice you make reveals which king you serve. Jesus is life, Satan is death. All those who hate me love death. You can't be on God's team and live by the other team's values. Boom. Boy, there's some booms in here, Vinny. Choose you this day whom you you serve. Look, your choice always reveals your king. Wow. Oh, man. Amen, Coach. I'd like to have that. I need to pass this on to 100,000 people. (laughs) Unfortunately, individual choices have consequences. Life would be simple if the choices we make do not impact other people, but most choices do. Wrong choices are the sperm of sin. Wrong choices are the sperm of sin. God, good choices create good uh, consequences. Bad choices create bad results. No one can serve two masters. We cannot survive as a nation if we cannot agree on what is right and what is wrong. My neighbor says abortion is right. I say abortion is wrong. Who's right? What determines who's right? To whom do we turn to settle this dispute? The Bible is the foundation of all organic law used to establish its nation. The American legal system provides no right to do that which is wrong. Good behavior is to be rewarded. Bad behavior to be punished. We all innately understand that. For at least 200 years, this nation survived because our leaders agreed on what was right and what was wrong. We had a common standard by which all laws were based. The battle used to rage in obeying right over wrong. But today, the battle is over what is right and what is wrong. Wow. For centuries, the church set the barometer. The Ten Commandments were the gold standard of morality. Don't lie, don't steal, don't covet, don't fornicate. If we just taught those four, if we simply rewarded those who obeyed them and punished those who didn't, we would live in a different America. You can say amen. Right and wrong is a standard. It's not, it's not an opinion. Boom. Woe amen. to those who call good evil and evil good. Most of Americans' institutions are enemy-held territory. We must endeavor to breach the wall, to invade their territory, to storm their gates. Our work must be done behind enemy lines. We've been here before. What will we choose? Advance the kingdom? Recover enemy-held territory? Or cower and capitulate? It's time for a spiritual Omaha Beach invasion. The battle's raging. Christ's enemies are entrenched. Casualties will be high. Invasion or surrender, the stakes have never been higher. Past time for believers to earnestly contend for the truth. Amen. There's some booms there. There's some booms there. I just got a missed call. Come on in there, Joe Allen. I just got a missed call from Clay. You're right, Coach. Our greatest fight is taken away, as well as California just announced that they're on any gas cars. Our greatest fight. Joe, you're breaking up, man. You you break you broke up really badly, brother. I'm sorry. 
Bad Jonathan, Jonathan, come on in. Jonathan, come on in. Hang on here, Clay. We're right here live and in color, and Jonathan's got something to say. Go ahead, Jonathan. Um, my heart has been so blessed by your your account of John Roberts, but I wanted to typify what you just said down to this. I, I've been summarizing a lot of things, and, and I think what you've just described is when we when Jesus conquers our heart we're in great shape. If, if, if we allow him to investigate us and give us victory over our own personal stuff, what you did in that class was you went to work and you held ground and you declared the gospel and God blessed it. That's what we all got to do. That's all we got to do is wherever we are, hold ground because Jesus conquered our heart, stand in our post and declare the word of God to the sinner. There might be people in Washington, D.C. doing that, hopefully. There might be people somewhere else. Jonathan, the Bible teaches us that faith without corresponding works is dead. We can can huddle together. We can go to all the meetings. We can watch all the podcasts. We can do everything we want to. But if we don't transform that into action, the Bible tells us that is dead works. It is worth nothing. We have to take what we have, and we have to engage the enemy it's going to require us to step out of our comfort zones and do things that really we don't want to do. But that's what happens when you're at war. Let me get Clay in here. Clay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we don't have you up on the screen. I got you on my cell phone. We can hear you loud and clear. Uh, welcome to Coach Dave Live. Uh, good morning. I appreciate you allowing me to be here with you. Glad to have you, Clay. What's up, dude? You, you, you've been, uh, Clay, you've been uh, stirring up America, making a um, – Make America great again. You've been really after that theme of uh, of waking America up. Uh, where does it stand? What's it gone? What's your goal, Clay? How do we know when we've been successful? Well, uh, the goal of the Reawaken America Tour is to let people, uh, you know, learn the truth about election fraud and medical fraud and religious fraud and monetary fraud and mainstream media fraud. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, getting people back to God. Uh, because as Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of holy is the understanding. So if we, if we do not fear the Lord as a country, um, then we are not going to be successful. So really, the, the purpose of the tour is to lead people back to Christ. Okay, Clay, so uh, let, let's go back a little bit. Uh, what got you – I mean, hey, listen, I can tell you – I can tear, tell you got that entrepreneurial spirit that you, you're, you're a go get em guy. I, I get it. What what prompted you to begin to do this? By the way, uh, Mr. Producer, if you can throw up there, Clay's uh, a we- website, thrivetimeshow.com. Throw that up there. What what uh, why you, Clay? What got what got you going making all this happen? Well, I mean, if you if we don't do anything, I don't think people understand um, what's going to happen. Um, they're rolling out quarantine camps in America right now. Right. Uh, they're called green zones. CDC's rolled them out. I mean, Biden signed the legislation, um, Executive Order 14067, which, uh, again, that's Executive Order, folks, 14067. He signed that in March of 2022, and um, it goes into effect on December 20th, or December 13th, December 13th of 2022, which effectively bans money. Um, it's not programmable. So, uh, on a pragmatic perspective, um, I have five kids. 
And I do not want my kids to move into a Marxist society where most people die. And that's where we're headed. If, uh, I don't know, Clay, you didn't hear the first part of the show, but I, I, I have the same song that I always sing. The only answer, our, our problems are spiritual, Clay. They're not political. I know you know that. And how do we, uh, by the way, how many have you done, Clay? How many uh, tour, How many different events have you done? Uh, I believe we've done 14. It could be 15. Okay, 14 or 15. Clay, how do we propel those people into action? I, uh, maybe you can visualize this, Clay. I always sometimes draw a picture of a stick man. And the picture of the stick man, as you know, is a guy with a great big head and a real small body. And one of the things that I think we're fighting against is we have got so many people full of head knowledge, Clay, but they're not doing anything with what they know other than going, that's not a criticism, other than going from conference to conference, from from, uh, podcast to podcast. We're not at all motivating or organizing these people to push back, as you know, locally. Do you have any plans for how we can pull this whole thing together, Clay, how we can actually, we have an army. I, you know, I've been to three of, I've been to three of your events. Every time I come to one of your events, hell, you can't even find a seat. There are all kinds of people there who understand the times in which we live and know what, but we don't know what it is we need to do. What do we need to do, Clay? Well, um, I would just say one is, you know, the, the purpose of our events is most people, I get there, you know, at 5 a.m., each day and the doors open at six. And so I shake everybody's hand that I can meet everybody. And I ask them questions, you know, and I ask them, how did you hear about the event? I always ask them that. And I ask them, you know, what did you learn today that you didn't know on the way out? And most people tell me that they had no idea that the great reset was even occurring. Uh So most people have no idea because they're watching the NFL and NBA and Fox news. Yeah, they're just, they're, I mean, most people are so, now for me, I'm not saying this is a positive thing. I'm just saying, I don't have any hobbies or interests. I literally go, I, and at the pre-COVID, I come home at 6 p.m. and I go to bed at 9 p.m. I wake up at 3, and I've done that since I was like 16 years old. So that's just what I do. So I don't have any, like, I don't have a fantasy football league. I don't have a, so I don't even, uh, when I talk to people, they go, how do you know all this? And I'm like, well, how do you not know this? And they go, well, I, you know, I just don't ever get political. So the first thing is to get people aware. To me, that is that is step one. And so even though you are aware and your listener is aware, I would argue, if I just wrote a number, I would argue that uh, 40% of America has no idea what's going on. Maybe, yeah. maybe more. Maybe 60%. Yeah, I so, think you're being generous. I agree. I think maybe as high as 70. There you go. Then the second step is once you get people uh, you know, aware, they need to have organizations or things they can plug into that are effective. And so I'm not saying that Simone Gold's uh, you know, American Frontline Doctors is the only organization doing anything. And I'm not saying that Thomas Renz is the only attorney doing it. I'm not, what, what I'm saying is there are people that are in the fight who've been in the fight for a long time. So I try to connect attendees to people like Michael Lindell or General Flynn or Eric Trump that are actually doing something so people can plug into somebody who's actually already gaining momentum. And that's the purpose of the Reawakened American Church, to wake people up to what's going on and then to connect them to organizations that are actually doing something. And, that, and that's why we let people, you know, name their price when they come to events uh, so they can, everyone can afford to go. 
That's why you're going to see pastors, uh, doctors, lawyers, attorneys, business. You're going to see all these people, all different industries and worlds fighting together uh, to, to save this nation. And that's what we do. And then we have, you know, we have baptism. So at the last event, we had 400 baptisms. And I talked to a lot of people. They tell me they haven't been to church. That teaches the gospel over a decade. Amen. I mean, Clay, so listen, we're on the same team here, dude, okay? So understand this. I'm a coach. I'm going to, hey, listen, if you guys want, uh, I'm going to open it up here a minute, Clay. Let some of these people ask you a question. So, Clay, here's, here, if I had a criticism, I'm a coach, brother, all right? I put teams together. I understand that the people sitting in the, in the stands don't play the game. I understand the band doesn't play the game. I understand the cheerleaders don't. I understand the superintendent doesn't play the game. I understand the Ohio High School Athletic Association doesn't play the game. As, as, uh, as I think it was Abraham Lincoln, one of you know, Teddy Roosevelt said, it's the man in the arena, right? So the only criticism I have, I think what you're doing is fabulous, Clay. I've been to three of the events. When I walk away, like when I was in Canton, Ohio, we'll walk away from the Canton, Ohio event. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm inspired. I'm uh, informed. But Clay, I got to be honest with you. When I walked away from it, I didn't know anybody else from Ohio. Not really. How do we get those people who come to a uh, uh, Clay Clark event? I hate to call it that, but that's what everybody calls it. How do we get them, Clay? to be unified locally where they are. Because I'm sure when you do this regionally, you come to Ohio to reach Ohio folks. You go to Buffalo to reach New York folks. You go to, you go well, to California to reach... Three attendees are usually not from the zip code or the surrounding zip codes that we go to. Okay. So they're usually from like a four-state, five-state area. That's uh, typically what we find. Okay. So um, what we do is we have a meet and greet on Friday nights, and we have a baptism on Friday nights. And a lot of people that I have met have told me, hey, you know, I actually at the meet and greet met person A, met person B, and that's why I decided to run for the school board in my area. Amen. So we hope to facilitate um, those uh, connections, and we hope that you, you facilitate uh, people getting involved. Um, with the founding of our nation, I don't know, I don't have a, you know, a, a census from the, the years that our nation was founded. But all the historical books I've read about that time period was there wasn't a whole lot of people willing to fight back versus the Redcoats. I don't know if that was 5% or 3% or 10%. But the vast majority of people throughout history are usually apathetic to the world around them. Yep. And we're trying to fight against that. So, Clay, I'm going to open it up here. Here's my, here's my suggestion. Do with it what you want, all right? At some point do the, during these events, you need to, somebody needs to get up front and say, hey, everybody, like when I'm in Canton, Ohio, okay? Hey, would everybody from Northwest Ohio stand up so that I can look around and see if there's anybody near me? And I'll say, see that guy across the room? And then at some point, I'm going to go connect with him. Is there, okay, now, everybody from Southwest Ohio, would you stand up? Yeah, everybody from, you get to get it, Clay? Because I think that, that that's an element that is missing, those people there need to get to know other people who are working in their own silos doing the same work and they don't even know each other. I think that I think that's a uh, – take that with a grain of salt. I think that's something that would take what you're doing to the next level. Let me, let me, let me go in and bring in Jack in Maine. Jack, come on in. Uh, sorry, Coach. Um... What before this all came on the behavior thing that you were mentioning at some point pull up Article Three 
Section one, the second sentence, and it's in the Constitution about behavior. Behavior, we got to change behavior. Dale, come on in from Dale, New Orleans. Hallelujah, brother. Maybe right along with the topic here right before Clay came in was that now faith is faith thing at chapter 11, right? That word is pistis, but when you get down to what they actually did, it is pistuo. It goes from a noun to a verb. It goes from a word to our action. It goes from our theology to the biography in the streets, as Flip Benham would say, brother, because faith without that work is dead. So we have to make our theology become biology in the streets. You understand what, what, what we're alluding to, Clay? We've got to take what you are filling them with. Praise God that you're doing it. But we have to teach them to engage. And I know, I know that's your goal, and I know that it's going on. Just go ahead and respond if you would. Well, I mean, I, I don't have any disagreement with it. I would just say that, uh, again, I, I, everybody has a different role in what they do. Amen. I just know that I, I get there 5 a.m. each morning <laughs> and meet everybody, and I ask them, and I'm telling you, the vast majority of people have no idea what's going on. Amen. I'm with, at all. I, I got you. I got you. I know that you, I know, hey, brother, it's, we're all in an information war. And by the way, uh, one of my buddies said that there'll be a rude awakening followed by a great awakening, Clay. And we're in that rude awakening now. You're, you're, you're doing the rude awakening tour. That's really what you're doing. Because (laughs) people like my, like my buddy Chad says, people don't care about mailboxes being smashed till it's their mailbox, right? So when it becomes personal to people, that's when they'll get more actively involved. And I'll be honest, I don't know if it's personal enough to them yet. Well, you know, we've been, uh, when the mayor of Tulsa, uh, city of Tulsa, I saw him making uh, press conferences and just making statements from these press conferences that indicated he was headed towards a lockdown. Um, you know, I sued the mayor of Tulsa. That's Good. what I did. And I would love to say that thousands and thousands of other Tulsans stood up and said, woo, good job. But they didn't. <laughs> so there was about five uh, of business guys. We rallied together and we started doing a town hall in our building during the lockdowns every week. And I wish there would have been thousands, but there wasn't. The first week there was about five of us and then there was, you know, a couple dozen. And then pretty soon there was hundreds and then Jingle Flynn was there. And, you know, you, but I mean, most people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 77 counties voted for Trump, did not care that there was a lockdown in Tulsa. Amazing. They did not care. And so even though um, you would think they did, they didn't. And so when all the churches were shut down, we turned, we turned my building into a church. I'd love to say that thousands showed up, but that didn't happen during the lockdowns of churches. Just a couple hundred showed up. And we still keep doing the church, and it grows all the time. And we still keep doing these uh, town halls, which have grown into the Reawaken America tour. But the reality is the vast majority of people do not care about this country at all until it affects them. That's right. They're mailbox. You have to point out to them what is going to happen. And once they understand, holy crap, the Biden administration is going to ban non-programmable money. Uh Uh-oh, the PCR tests are actually molecular cloning technology. Uh Uh-oh, inside the shots is RNA modifying nanotechnology. They just don't care. But I have clients who I've worked with for years who did not care about what's inside the shots at all until one of them in Oklahoma City died. And guess who cared after he died? Everybody all around him. Mm-hmm. Well, there's going to be more of that going on because there's going to be more dying. Hey, Clay, I'm, uh, I'll, maybe I can try to send you this link. Folks out there uh, in 
Coach Dave Land. Uh, did you know that there's, there's a bill right now to rewrite Title IX? We know what Title IX was, right? It gave uh, female uh, athletes the same rights as male athletes 50 years ago. Did you know that there's a bill before Congress now to rewrite Title IX? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Homos, transgenders. Oh, yeah. Redefining it again. Folks, we got to be alert. we got to be on our feet. Judah, come on in. Thanks, Coach. Obviously, uh, Clay, thank you for what you guys are doing. Absolutely incredible and effective. Um, obviously, uh, I've got a background in marketing and business like you, but um, what would be great and what's awesome, Coach, is uh, theamericanproject.com, General Flynn's organization, that has a local action to national impact, being able to build a um, – a connecting tool for people in the local area. It shows you who we need to connect to for uh, the politicians in the local area. But if we could put a tool on top of that to now connect the local Thrive Time Great Awakening people that are in the local areas, and then we can socially connect to each other, that might be exactly – we already have the tools in place. We just need to add another level on top of it to bring – the American project to uh, a connecting tool. Amen. Hey, Clay and, and coach, coach Dave parlance in uh, coaching technology, <clears throat> people don't go to a football game, <clears throat> excuse me, to watch a huddle. They go to a football game to see what difference the huddle makes. And, and so we have to figure out brother, how all of these literally millions of people that you are, uh, doing a great job impacting. We got to figure out well, through General Flynn and some of the amazing leaders that you have, Mike Lindell, all those guys. Clay, how do we put, how do we put this into a team? How do we mobilize this people, these people that you are awakening? Have, any ideas on that, Clay? Well, like I said, I, the lane that I'm in is I just uh, get. The truth out, wake people up. I do a meet and greet on Friday night, do a baptisms on Friday night. Um, that's that's what I do. Gotcha. Uh, beyond that, that's not my But you, but you, my you hear my heart cry, though, right? Because that, yeah, yeah, I would just say that. That is my lane. Do, <laughs> that is my lane. I don't, I don't take any income or salary from these events, and I lose hundreds of thousands of dollars every 30 days. And I'm being sued by Dominion's Eric Coomer for having the events. So I pay $3,000 a day in legal fees. And I would love to say that America has rallied behind me and has helped, but they have not. So I pay $3,000 a day uh-huh. in legal fees. And very few people donate to support that litigation. Clay, I want you to know that, uh, that I'm not doing this as a means of criticism. No, I'm just trying to that the vast majority of people <laughs> do not care. So my job is to wake people up. And even though people hear that the attorney general of New York tried to stop the event. The vast majority of people do not care. Anybody want to weigh in? Uh, just to raise your hand, jump in here, and you can uh, ask ask Clay a question. So, Clay, what, what's what's next on the what, what's next on the uh, agenda here? Because you've gone fourteen, fifteen. By the way, folks, if you've never been to one of these events, they're un, they're unbelievable. Well, I, I committed to doing them through uh, through November. Um, Theologically speaking, I think we're living through Matthew chapter 24. Somebody else could disagree with me on that. But uh, I, I committed to doing them through November. So that's what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, as a result of uh, 
doing them. You know, we get harassment letters from the attorney general who tells us to stop. We get litigation from Eric Coomer. We, you know, there's all these uh, fun little bonuses that you get as a result of doing these events. But we, we do them, and, and I'm seeing people that are, are getting involved. Uh, there was a, a, a local uh, two moms from Iowa that got involved, and they decided to yep. fight back and get mask, mandates, mask mandates. That was good. Uh, we had a bunch of uh, moms in California decide to get involved with their school board. Yep. As a result of the California events, they had some successes. Um, we saw a large group of people from Virginia uh, connect and, and do a lot of things to help put the governor in there that they liked. Clay, you're um, singing my song, dude. That's what I'm saying. We got all these great players. We got to get them in the huddle. Roger, come in real quickly. Oh, I just wanted to tell Clay he really needs to have Dave on the podium a little bit more, and Dave <laughs> did not pay me to say that. Rob is my um, agent. But uh, I, I really would believe that he would be a great person to have on the stage a little bit more. But, Clay, real quick, on the political front, in your opinion, um, does he get indicted or not? Trump, he's talking about Clay. Don Trump. Is he, does he... Does he get in, does he get indicted or not in your your opinion? I don't I'm a science guy, so I don't I don't know. Roger, he says he he doesn't he doesn't know any more than we do. He just Uh oh. Well he's in his hey. lane, man. He's staying in his lane. You gotta respect a guy that knows it. Plow your row and he's 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 Clay, we, we we appreciate your conferences and gatherings and again I'd encourage you, give some thought to put Dave on that podium. Roger, quit it, man. You can make you'll make me blush. Don't make me blush here, Clay. I got just give. I give you a couple more minutes here. Wrap it up. Give us, uh, give us your heart, brother. Well, I would just say, if you listen today and you you want to see what's going to happen to the nation, if you don't fight back, um, you know Biden's executive order, uh, which is implementing central bank digital currencies, that goes into effect on December thirteenth. Eighty-seven thousand IRS agents, right, Clay? Yeah, I mean, it was December thirteenth, and December thirteenth means they turn off non-programmable money. December 13th. So you enter into the CCP immediately, wow. which means you can no longer buy or sell as you wish to. That's what that means. And that happens on December 13th. So that's why, you know, we're doing these events. That's why you see people like General Flynn working with local organizations on a daily basis to fight back. That's why you see Mike Lindell going so hard after election fraud. That's why you see Simone Gold fighting super hard to, to help create medical freedom for people. I encourage you, if you want to uh, learn what's going on and hear from you know five of the seven people closest to President Donald J. Trump, I'm probably the least impressive, most aggressive member of the team. Most, uh, that's <laughs> what I do. Amen. But if you go to uh, timetofreeamerica.com, we're going to uh, uh, what is it, the Idaho-Washington border in September. And then October, we are going to uh, Virginia, or for October, we're going to Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania, October, and then the Idaho-Washington border in September. And I, I committed to doing these through uh, November. And so uh, General Flynn and uh, Lindell and others are working on an October on, on a November uh, venue as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens. RJ Barnett, real quick, RJ. Thanks, Coach. Uh, yeah, let me second what Roger said. And, uh, Clay, I'm up here in North Tulsa County. Uh, you're a businessman. You're an entrepreneur. What what I see the need is that we can't wait for you know two year election cycles to pop up and then think we're going to put the right person in to make a decision for us. We need to learn how the law works and operate from a common law basis, my friend. And it's not that difficult when you get entrepreneurs together to figure out how you move that forward and monetize it so it pays off for people to learn how to do it. And I'll work with you on it, brother. 
Randy Lunsford. Get Dave on the podium. Randy Lunsford, you know, his son works for you out there, Clay. We've got connection. RJ's out, out your area. Hey, Clay, we're in your corner. We're for you. We're not against you. We appreciate all you do. Let us know how we can help you, buddy, all right? I appreciate you carving out time. Thanks a lot, folks. You learn more. Time to see America.com. God bless. Thanks, Clay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, do you guys see the big picture? Am, am I the only one who sees the big picture? And uh, I, look, I, I don't want to talk about him after after he left. Uh, and information's good, but information's only good if, <laughs> if you put it to use, right? You get uh, 5,000 people at an event, we ought to get a chance to know each other, figure out a way to... We can't. Otherwise, we end up we're, we're fight we're fighting in isolation again, which we shouldn't be doing. Judah, come on in. Hey, coach. Good stuff. Good stuff. The Holy Spirit is moving, and um, I don't know if, how you communicate with Clay, whether it's text or whether it's email or what you call him. But um, uh, something was just on my spirit during this call. So when we were in um, uh, New York. They had a rally or meetup before the event. We all met at the ice cream shop there in Batavia. And so everybody from the Clay Clark event met there and kind of a focal point. Um, anyways, uh, maybe you could share this with Clay. I think it would be incredible. But the Pennsylvania, what if we met? It just going to rally Joy after we bought our call from the event in Pennsylvania. Clay, we're working on or Clay, Judah, we're working on something else with Bobby and uh, Craig Mickle. Craig, I'll get back to you today, I promise. In regards to Gettysburg, which is a very, very significant spot as well. So there's a again, folks, oh, listen, so, listen. So, so folks, listen. I'm I, we we all plow different rows, right? But it's the same field. <laughs> it's the same field, and. Uh, I don't know about you. I, I'm, I'm recruiting everywhere I go. I'm maybe maybe I'm not as good a recruiter as Ohio Brett, but I re- recruit everywhere I go. Try to, because uh, no matter how much knowledge we have, if we don't have a place to engage with that knowledge, we're not going to turn things around. Randy, come on in. Coach, I think that's very important about the huge field, the big field. And, and if we're all in the same field, we're in different rows. That's that's really a good point. Coach, we have to allow people to be where they're at at the time. We can't – and you, you coach them up from that point, hopefully. But people are at different levels in this kingdom. They Some know a little bit, some yeah. know a lot, and most of us don't know anything. So, Coach – to allow that, we got to give people a little bit of time. If they're into something that they shouldn't be, it, it, we got to give them time to come out. I remember, Coach, one story. I was in a big revival in, in a church, and they had it every year. And this was a it brought in a lot of people. It was very evangelistic. And there was a couple that come off the biker scene. They were bikers, and they were all dressed out like that, you know, and didn't dress very modestly and all that. And they started coming to church there. And the, all the people, not all of them, but the, 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 the mainliners were going, oh, look at how they're dressing. And look at how she just 
doesn't cover herself. And he said, you shut the pastor. And he, he knew enough to say, you shut your mouth. Give them time for the Holy Spirit to show them where they're at. And coach, it wasn't two or three weeks and it wasn't no time. This lady started changing her dress. She started changing the way she, she covered her body and look. And, and it, we have to allow that, coach. Amen. We do. Amen. We do, Randy. And I, I, would, I would say this, my opinion only, not criticism, just the truth. Most people who go to a Clay Clark event are somewhat awake. There aren't, there aren't people just wandering in off the streets and going to these events. Now, they may be awakened to different issues that they weren't awakened before. But I would say this, that 95% of people who go to a Clay Clark event are already awake. Would anybody think I'm wrong on that? I think they're already awake, right? So it's like, what's the old saying? Preaching to the choir. I think the people come to a Clay Clark event to engage. They want to engage. This should, this should, this folks, this shouldn't be this hard. This shouldn't be this hard. And he has drawn millions of people. And like I said, when I walked away from Canton, Ohio, I didn't, I hadn't met anybody. I hadn't met anybody from Ohio because the opportunity wasn't there. Julie, coach, quickly. Coach, yeah. it's, one, it's one missed opportunity after another when people don't yes. connect. I'm not being critical of Clay. I'm not being, God bless him, thank him for what he's doing. But somebody in that organization ought to be working behind the scenes to put together these teams. And Jonathan, I'm reading what you just wrote. I agree with it. That's the Liberty Action Network, brother. Setting up pockets of people with leader local leadership. That's the Salt and Light Brigade, if you I've been screaming up for how long? Get in the huddle! Get in the huddle! Call a play! Go ahead, Julie. Good morning. I missed most of the show, but I got the gist of it. Um, I went to a Clay Clark event in uh, Tampa. And I'm, I was like, wow. And I told my husband, he kept saying, you're crazy, you're crazy, you know. So I took him to Michigan. And then he looked at me, and he's like, you're not crazy. He says, I can't believe this is going on. So he was, mm. so it, it spreads. Thanks for all you do. Amen. So what do you do when you awaken them? Now that you've awakened them, uh, pardon me, I believe the next step is the most important. Now that they're awake, what do you do with them? Where do you plug them in? Which brings me back to invasion or surrender. Everybody who goes to a Clay Clark event needs to be taught to invade. They need to organize to invade, to go back into enemy-held territory and take back what the devil stole from us. I don't need any more information. I know what I need to do. Judah, hands still up. Did you want to come in or hands just up? No, we're good. Invasion or surrender. And by the way, Rich, thanks. Rich said, John Roberts did have a funeral, and we did it here today. God bless John Roberts. Pray for Coach Norm. See you all tomorrow.